0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help,
1: and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home.
0: Most of the church today are the ones that you see, churches that are, are actually supposedly changing the world. They're not. What they're doing is this: that they're rearranging Christianity. And I don't know necessarily that people are actually coming into the church for salvation as much as people are leaving the presence of the Holy Spirit to back up their car and to end up themselves, end up in a place where what it is is that they can be comfortable to know more than the guy who's standing up front knows. You see, we cannot stop in our pursuit of God. We cannot stop, and in order for us to continue to pursue the things of the Holy Spirit, we really need to, or the things of God, we have to press deeply in to the Holy Spirit. If you don't really know much about that, then really, this book is for you. I want to be able to give it a personal endorsement, not just the forward in the book, and I want you to know that I think that this is a very good book for the things that you need to know. Now, what I'd like for you to, to, what I'd like for us to talk about this evening is I want to talk about the reasons for praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, a lot of times people don't really realize that they do. Some people who are in this room, you're not really filled with the Holy Ghost. What it was was that you saw what somebody else did and you decided that if you did the same, then all of a sudden you were going to have an experience that the very same way that they did. And that's not true. The world calls it glossolalia, while the Bible talks about it as speaking with other tongues. If you remember in the book of Isaiah chapter 28, the Bible talks about it, as that with other tongues, he is going to speak to his people. It's with other tongues that you begin to gain understanding. It's with other tongues that your life, your future, your family, and the people around you begin to experience a divine presence that you can't even understand nor explain yourself. And so what I want to do is I want you to realize that speaking in other tongues actually is primarily a devotional gift. It's what a person does during their devotional time. You'll run out of things to be able to pray. I mean, if you Uh, pray in three languages or four languages, you know four languages or whatever, that might take you 15 minutes if you know four languages to run out of everything that you know. But when you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to pray through your life, you don't run out of things to pray for or about. In Romans chapter eight, verse number 26, the Bible says, for when we know not to pray for, we don't know what to pray for. Didn't say you didn't know how to do it said you didn't know what to pray about. He said the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered in, per, in, in actually articulate speech. And so in order for us to grab onto the PowerPoint so you can see these kinds of things, the Apostle Paul said it like this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 18, he said, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. I like what the Message Bible has to say in this particular uh, portion of Scripture. It says, I'm grateful to God for the gift of praying in tongues that He gives us for praising Him, which leads us to wonderful intimacies we enjoy with Him. I enter into this as much or more than any of you. He said, I'm doing this more than the rest of you. He said, I have discovered the value of speaking with other tongues. Now, whether you realize this or not, it is the Apostle Paul's gospel of the Lord Jesus that you have believed. You haven't believed what Peter said. You didn't believe what, what actually John said. You and I are actually the portion of the Gentiles that, that God had given the Apostle Paul to preach to. We remain there and will be there, and we are so grateful that we have been grafted into this tree that was a natural tree and we actually as a wild branch were able to be grafted in. And so he said that I've discovered the value of being able to speak with tongues more than all of you have. So remember that tongues is primarily a devotional gift that's used in one's prayer life for praising and worshiping God, for speaking mysteries before God. Praying in the Spirit actually begins to speak mysteries and for building oneself up on their most holy faith. In 1 Corinthians 14, 17, and we'll go through all of this, and the reason why that I'm going to do this in this way is because I want you to know what the Bible says, because faith cometh by what? And hearing what? See, most people, when they even pray for people to be filled with the Spirit, they don't even use the Bible. You see, unless you, have, unless you have a biblical understanding or what you have is you have a biblical standard that you are um, actually placing your faith upon, then how do you know that what you're doing is not an imposter or it's not even God at all? See, I've told people for many years that if the word of God is not our focus, how do we know that the Jesus that we worship is not an imposter? If God's word is not at the center of what we do, if God's word is not at the center of what you and I corporately believe, inside of this room tonight, there are people that have come from different parts of the world. Your lineages are different. You have actually come from... All over the earth that had different cultures, different understandings, these things that brought you together, you actually gave up part of your culture, where, where you came from in order to be with the people that you're with now. But when we come together, the thing we must understand is that when, as we come as people, the people of God, we have given up all of our tribes, all of our tongues, all of our you know, all of the nations that we've come to or come from, and what we have done is we have now united under a biblical culture. Now, God's family has a language. God's family's language puts us together. There is no more division between us when we embrace God's language for us. Now, do you remember in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, where the Bible talks about the Tower of Babel? Remember, the angel of the Lord came down and said these words. He said, the people are as one. They speak as one. God said, well, okay, I'll go down and I will confound their languages. And what happened was one guy said, pass the bricks in Spanish. The other guy said, I'm not going to take them from you in Polish. And so what happened was, was that it actually drove people from each other. A single language brings us together. Many languages drive us apart. Because we may understand the words, but we may not understand the meaning. And what happens in prayer in the spirit is that you begin to understand why God said what he said, not just what God said. And so you and I, although coming from so many different parts of the world, we then come under one understanding. Why? Because we begin to speak God's language. And as we begin to speak God's language, we then begin to understand God's language and what he meant. So he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 2, this is what the Apostle Paul writing said this. He said, for he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands him. He said, nobody knows of it. So when you speak in a tongue, nobody understands you. You don't understand yourself. People say, well, you know, I, you know I'd really like to, you know... Um, I'd really like to know what I'm saying. Well then, that's where three verses later he says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue, let him pray that he may interpret. But see, I understand that, but you don't know what you're saying. Just remember that. Neither neither does the devil. He doesn't know what you're saying. If anything, what he does is he gets tremendously frustrated over the fact That you are in communication with God and he knows nothing about that. And when you're in communication with God, actually praying the perfect will of God, and we'll talk about that in a moment, that when you are there, all you do is you frustrate hell. You are populating heaven and you are emptying hell. Remember, hell the only thing hell can do is lose. They can't gain. All they can do is lose. Every one of us was on that hell-bound train from the time that we were born. So all hell can ever do is lose me. It can't gain me. It already had me. So he, he said this, Howbeit in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. In Jude verse number 20, the Bible says, but you, beloved, he said, building yourself up on your most holy faith, he said, praying in the Holy Ghost, which will keep you in the love of God. See, praying in the Spirit will actually keep you in God's love. It'll keep you loving people that are unlovely. It'll keep you trying to understand people that you would rather just kind of write off and forget about. Praying in the Spirit actually builds you up and, and then the um, temptations and the consequences of life as you're being built up, all of those things will go underneath your life. Those things are so important for you to know. So we must not be as concerned about speaking in tongues so it may be interpreted as we are in maintaining the blessing that tongues produces in our lives. Howard Carter said this. Howard Carter, actually, an Assembly of God minister, had said almost a generation ago when he was spoken of as being the individual that understood the gifts of the Spirit more than any other human being, and he said these words. He said, we must not forget that speaking in other tongues is not only the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost's filling, but it is also an experience for the rest of one's life to assist in the worship of God. It must be a constant flowing stream that must never dry up, one that will enrich your life spiritually. So, what is praying in the Spirit? In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 14 and 15, he said, For if I pray in the tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So what's the conclusion then? He said, I'm going to pray with my spirit, and I'll also pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the spirit, and I'll also sing with the understanding. So remember this. Praying in the Spirit is when my spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit within me, prays. You are a spirit being, and the spirit of man needs to fellowship with the Spirit of God. So do we need to pray? By the way, this is just my preliminary, so give me a break. I'm just trying to get through my introduction. So do we need to pray? Some people think it's not necessary to pray. Because God's running everything in the world anyway. God has his way anyway. Well, God's in control, really. What's he in control of? The murders? The abortions? The rapes? The homelessness? The helplessness? The hunger? God's not in control. But it seems as though he left someone in control. So that isn't true. If it were true, God would force people to get saved. God would force you to tithe. Why is it the greatest, almost the greatest temptation of your entire life? Because when you have to write that check, when you have to put that pin number in. Why is that? Because that just so happens to be the only other God on the face of the earth. There's only two gods. Your Corvette's not your God, neither is your Benz. Jesus said, You cannot serve God and money. There's only two gods. Every person has one or the other. So you see, if, if it were true that God was in control, He'd force people to get saved, He'd force them to go to church. He'd force them to stop stealing, to stop lying. The only people God is, control in, is in control of are those who surrender to him. Please remember that we're living in a hostile world. A world of people who do not know or do they even want to obey God. People who are influenced by demons and evil spirits. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 4, here's what the Bible says. He says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 2, the Bible says, in which you once also walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the spirit of disobedience. In 1 John chapter 5, verse number 19, the Bible says, we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. It is obvious, friends, it's obvious that we must pray. In the book of Psalms chapter 50, verse number 15, he said, call upon me in the day of trouble and I'll deliver you and you shall glorify me. Call upon me. Pray to me and I'll deliver you. I'll set you free. You see, why does God ask you to pray if He was going to do something for you regardless? One dear, desperate soul prayed this way. They said, Dear God, if I were you and you were me, I would help you out of this mess. Therefore, I know you'll help me out of this mess. So what are the reasons that we pray in the Spirit? This is what is important to you. Once you learn these reasons for praying in the Spirit and you know what it does, it'll make the difference for you. And really, you have to have the difference made for you. See, we could have Holy Ghost meetings every day, but if you don't know what you're Holy Ghosting about... You just go home and say, man, I'll tell you what, man, when I was 25 years old, man, we had some meetings. It was just really so, absolutely so awesome. And Pastor Chris used to get up, man, the Holy Ghost would fall, people would start running around the building, and man, and they'd fall on the floor, and they'd just start crying out to God, they'd start laughing, some people would be laughing, another person would be crying, man, then somebody would get healed. But if you don't know how, and you don't know why, sometimes, That doesn't help. So here's reason number one for praying in the Spirit. Reason number one is that we can pray especially or specifically for those that we care for. When you pray in the Spirit, you can pray specifically for those that you care for. In Galatians chapter 4, verse number 19, he said, My little children, he said, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed In you, notice there, my little children. In other words, you're my babies, because I led you. There are people that you've led to Christ. Let me ask you a question, and you you can answer this for yourself. When was the last time that you brought somebody to church? When was the last time you led someone to Christ? When was the last time you took a couple hours and just decided you were going to pray in the Holy Ghost? When was the last time you were going to put your cell phone down and not really take a look and see who was texting you so that you could spend time with God? You see, praying in the Spirit, actually, reason number one is praying in the Spirit gives you the opportunity to pray specifically for those that you care for. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to wonder if God is ever going to come through. You pray for them until Christ be formed in them, and you can't can't just keep going, and, oh, bless them, Lord. You know, just bless them, Jesus. No, what it is is that you pray with your spirit, and when you pray with your spirit, the Holy Ghost, knowing what to pray for, at that moment, changes what you're praying for into what is necessary for that situation. So, point number one was that he said, "My little children, for whom I labor in birth again." So, remember this: is that it's almost like seeing someone get delivered is almost like you mothers when you had kids. It's bloody. boy, in the end, it brings a tremendous amount of joy when you see Him free. And praying in the Spirit is what makes that happen. Point number two. The second reason why that you pray in the Spirit is this, is that it allows God to arrange protection and deliverance from all harm for you and your families or anyone you pray for. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, verse number 16, take a look. It says, He saw that there was no man, and He wondered. He saw that there was no man. And he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. Now, look at verse 19, as far as intercession is concerned. Take a look. He said, So shall the fear of the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will, will lift up a standard against him. You see, even during your most difficult moments, praying in the Spirit actually will cause the standards of life to be lifted up beyond where the consequences that are coming after you, they come at you from. You know, over these last uh, few years, and everyone goes through this, by the way, <clears throat> but over these last few years, as as we're, uh, um, as we're transitioning, like most everyone I know probably is, as we're doing so, man, we have had a tremendous amount of excitement around us, uh, a lot of excitement, um, How many of you remember when the Internal Revenue Service decided to be able to start going after ministers, and you saw them go after people like Joyce Meyer and Creflo Dollar and Kenneth Copeland and those things back uh, about in 2007 at that particular time? Well, there was then a second tier of people they were going after, and I just so happened to make that cut. And for three years, I had the government attempting to to make me a criminal so that they could go public about something that they felt that I was a criminal about. But they could never do it because, you see, when you pray in the Spirit, God delivers you. The standards are lifted up against that. It did not look good for some time, but it doesn't matter. All you need to do is you need to set your face like Flint, put your tongue in motion, and allow the Holy Ghost to pray through you a deliverance that God has for you and for yours. And so here he said that, and I, we have other things too, and I Maybe sometime I'll touch on those things that happened during that time. But as we're going through all of that stuff, we need to continue to pray in the Holy Ghost. Continue to actually lift it up. You see, here's number three. Number three, the third reason for praying in the Holy Ghost is, is it's going to allow the Father to draw people to Christ. you praying in the Spirit for that family your neighbors across the street, for the teller at the bank or the person who works at the 7-Eleven. You don't know, but every time you see, every time you see a, an ambulance go by, there's a family that's just been touched. We were on our way to the airport this morning, leaving Chicago, and, and as we were, a funeral came up in the opposite direction, thank God. It was the opposite direction. But I started thinking about that family. I started thinking about all of those people in all of those cars that this person had influenced and how now that that family was going to have to live life without that person that they love so dearly. You see, those people need our prayers In John chapter 6, verse number 44, the Bible tells us this. It says, "No no man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, verse number 8, it says, Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. And as soon as the church travails in prayer, friends, she'll give birth to new Christians, to new people. I, I, I'm serious, theorists I'm very serious. I'm not arrogant or cocky about any of this that I'm about to say. But I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned. that people who work at the gas station look more like a Christian to me than the people that I go to church with. What makes you different? It's not your destination. It's your behavior. What sets us apart? What makes me different than the guy down the street? It's the power of God's Spirit. It's praying in the Holy Ghost. When the church begins to intercede, once they begin, once you know the power that you have, the power that you've got, the power that you has been invested in you. I remember that there was a fellow that I had known, a guy, he was kind of a race car driver, but but at the same time, he was an ex-convict from Leavenworth Prison. This guy actually lived across the hall from Linda and I when uh, I was a property manager right after we had first uh, gotten married. And so what happened was, was he was telling me a story of a friend of his. At the time I drove, I had a 1970 454 Corvette with no power windows, no power brakes, and no air conditioning because that's how you bought them. You bought them that way because they were the most powerful machines, if they didn't have any of that stuff weighing on them. And so he spent some time showing me how race car drivers drive, and he showed me how to push that Corvette further than I would have ever thought that it could be pushed. But what he told me was he told me of a story of a friend of his. When he lived out there in California, and he told me of this friend who called him up on the phone because this guy was a car geek and called him on the phone and said, listen, he said, I finally got the car of my dreams, man. A 1968 Z28. He said, I'm so excited. I got it. I mean, I got it. It's at my house. It's just so it's so fun. It's so great. Could you come over? He said, you know, I changed the spark plugs. I changed the points. I I worked on the timing. I tried to set the timing, but you know what? I can't seem to make this car run. There's something wrong with the motor in this car. I mean, it's beautiful, man. It's my dream car. Could you come over and could you help me? He said, "Sure." He said, "Give me, give me, give me a few days," and he said, "I'll be there." And he said, "Okay, I'll, I'll wait." So he got over there three days later. And when he did, he actually saw the car in the garage. And the guy had the hood up on the car. And he goes, he puts his hand on the car, and he's just touching the side. And the lines were just perfect. But the guy said, you know, he said, I I couldn't make it right. He said, so what I did was, he said, a few days ago, he said, I just couldn't take it anymore. He said, I changed the motor. I just got, he said, man, and it's working perfect now. It absolutely is perfect. He said, come on, let's go. It. And the guy said, oh, no. He said, where's the motor? He said, where is it? He said, well, he said, part of it's in the, in the alley. He said, you know, it's out there. And, you know, did you ever hear of an alley before? Now, he said, it's kind of like a street behind your house. So you don't put the garbage like New York, put it up in front of your house. You know, it's kind of that kind of stuff. And so, he said, well, part of it's in the alley. He said, I gave part of it away. Some people were over here taking a look at the car, and they, they said, well, if, you know, if you know, hey, if you're not using this, he said, I'll take it. He said, I gave half of it away, and the other half's in the alley. And the guy goes, oh, no. He said, oh, no. He said, you have absolutely no clue what you had. He said, when you buy Z28, Z28s were made with big Zs and small 28s. You have one that has a small Z and a big 28. It was one of the seven Can-Am Z28s of 1968 that ever escaped the factory. And this guy fell upon one of those cars, but he couldn't make it run. Because he didn't know what he had. And unless people know what they have in their time with the Holy Spirit, they'll never be able to make the life work. You've got to understand it. And remember this, you always go to God according to the way that he wants you to come to him. Not the way you want to. If the Bible says you enter his gates with what? Where? you have thanksgiving in your heart and you enter his courts with what well why is it that people want to actually get into the courts or into the inner court before they ever are thankful they're out there at the they're out there at the at the outside of where god's at banging on the door going praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord but they're not thankful ps How many people do you know are thankful? You see, you enter his gates with thanksgiving. When you wake up in the morning, hit your face. Tell God how thankful you are. God, I'm just thankful. I can see, I can talk, I can hear, I can walk. Thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my family. Thankful for the church. I'm thankful, Father, for all the money that's necessary in order to make this silly thing run. Oh God, I'm just thankful. Thankful you made me healthy. Thank you that you've kept me over all these years. Thank you that you didn't give me a crazy wife. Thank you. She's not crazy. So, as soon as the church travails in prayer, she's going to give birth to new Christians. You see, God has actually brought salvation to every person on the face of the earth. This baby of the earth is at full term, but can't be birthed until you and I pray in the Spirit to see that baby brought into this world. The Apostle Paul said, I travail in birth again. Again, again, again. That means you might have done it for them before. But one time wasn't enough. Just because you had eggs doesn't mean you had eggs. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3, he said, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, will shine unto them. Number four. Reason number four. Why praying in the Spirit is so important. Is that we pray God's plan for our future into being. Every one of us in this room has dreams. But after a dream doesn't happen, hope deferred makes the heart sick. The reason why that a person needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost again and again and again is the, the very same thing or the same, or the same reason why when you first came to Christ, how excited you were when you met him. You were so excited. You you would never miss you. Are you kidding me? If church you would cry over the fact that there wasn't more church. Like pastor, we need to have more services. Can't can't we have like a can't we have like a class? I'll bring eight of my friends and we'll have a class on, on you know on Thursday. We'll just have a class. You know, please, pastor, please let us do this. And all the time you couldn't stop from preaching the gospel to the people that you knew. As a matter of fact, you would plot a way that you could preach to your friends. I'd get with people, and people would say to me, they go like this, "They say, okay, Rob, shoot your best shot. I go, what do you mean? They said, I know you're going to preach to me. I said, okay, you need to get saved. You need to get saved. Because I would say to them, I'd say, you know something? If, Jesus, if you could get to heaven by being good, why did Jesus have to die for your sins? Jesus paid the price for you. And man, and I lived with that all day, every day. Why? Because of the amount of time that I was spending praying in the Spirit. You cannot, you, you cannot get away from God's desire for all of humanity the moment that you allow yourself. To be used by him. All of life revolves around this fact. That God is not a man that he should lie. But the believer's life revolves around something different. He said, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God. That you would present yourself a holy and living sacrifice. Which is your reasonable spiritual worship. And he said, when you think of what's been done for you, and I'm giving you two translations or three at the same time. He said, when you think of what's been done for you, he said, how could you do any less? He said, therefore, he said, do not conform to the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Let him do it. He wants to. Let him do it. So we pray God's plan for our future into being. First Corinthians 14.2 says this. He says, for he who speaks in an unknown or in a tongue does not speak unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, how, how be it or however in the spirit. He speaks mysteries. The next verse that we have there, you can uh, you just roll that for me. The next verse we have is Romans 8, 26. He said, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses." I've discovered how weak I truly am. Because the Apostle Paul said, for when I am weak, then am I what? You see, so he said here, he said, the Holy Ghost helps us in our weaknesses. for do we do not know what we should pray for? We don't know what to pray. Not the fact that we don't know how to pray, it's you don't know what to pray about. If you still know what to pray about, then you're not praying enough. So because the Spirit Himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In Colossians chapter 4, verse number 12 The Bible says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all of the will of God, mature. He prays that you will stand complete and mature in all of the will of God. Number five, why praying in the Spirit is so important is that it will help us to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding of us. In John chapter 16, verse number 13, it says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, that shall he also speak, and he will show you things to come. Jesus said he'll glorify me or he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. You see, the Holy Spirit will tell us what the fathers have said, or what the father has said. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, he says, But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it ever entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Verse 10 says, But he has revealed them unto us. By his spirit. Verse 12 he says. Now we have, re- we have received not the spirit of the world. You and I have not received the spirit of the world. But the spirit which is from God. That we would know the things that are freely given to us by God. Verse 14 he said this. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. For their foolishness unto him. And neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Why me praying in the Spirit actually begins to teach me, begins to show me, oh, how I desire for you. I desire for you to become so hungry for God's Spirit that I can't stop you from going to his buffet every day and living there all day long not just actually hanging church upon one of the hooks that you have inside of your life but to actually hang life upon, upon one of the hooks that you have for God is that you actually come to the place inside of your life where you don't attempt to apply the word to your life but you, li- you consistently live applying your life to God's word and it remains there And then number six, praying in the Spirit develops power with God and increases the anointing in our lives. Look at Isaiah chapter 10, verse number 27. It says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken from off your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. In Ephesians 3, verse number 16, it says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner being. That he would grant you to be strengthened by his spirit. Number seven, why do we pray in the spirit? Because it encourages you. There is not a person in this room tonight that doesn't need to be encouraged. Every one of us needs someone to encourage us. If you try to pretend for a moment that you don't need encouragement, then you're only lying to yourself because every husband needs to be encouraged. Every wife needs to be encouraged. Every worker at every business needs encouragement, and he needs to be told that he's affirmed that good things are on the horizon if he just continues to move in the direction that he's going. So he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I can tell you of a truth. That if I did not spend as much time as I did praying in the spirit. You would never have known me. Never. It's what takes you in front of greater people. As tough as any person in this room has had life, I had it too. But the only difference was the amount of praying in the Holy Ghost that you do. God will deliver you. Jude 20, once again, he said, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost you build yourself up. You build yourself up. You build yourself up. You become strong and strong. And all of a sudden, sickness is pushed out of your life. It has no room for you and the Holy Spirit in life. Sickness cannot dwell where the Holy Spirit dwells. Demonic influence cannot dwell where the Holy Spirit dwells. Problems cannot dwell where the Holy Ghost is dwelling. Number eight. Why praying in the Spirit is so important, is that it brings peace and refreshing to you. Every person in this room needs peace. We need rest. We need rest. There's too much information being pushed at us. There's too many things. We have the, we have been, we've actually caught the horrible disease of FOMO, the fear of missing out. So you start looking at social media because you want to stay in touch with your family and all of a sudden you think about how great of a life that everyone else has and how yours is horrible. And all they're doing is they're lying their way into your pain. Because there's so much information that's being pushed at us every day. I almost want to say to somebody that I know, um, you know how when you get around people and sometimes they've got, the, they've got a cold and you kind of catch it too when you're around people like that? That's why I like the Japanese people. They got all those, you know, those little masks. I think they're, they're built in. The, um, but, but I want to say to somebody, you know, like just the same way that we, we catch a cold from somebody is that I just wanted to thank them that I, because I caught FOMO from them. I caught the fear of missing out from people because I wanted to be included. And there's so much information that's being thrust upon you right now that you're overloading in your ability to be able to um, sort it out. We don't know who's telling the truth. So praying in the Spirit brings peace. Isaiah chapter 28, verse number 11 says, For with stammering lips and another tongue shall I speak to this people. To whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. This is the refreshing. This is the refreshing. Number nine. Is praying in the Spirit is fellowship with the Holy Spirit? There was a time in my life that that was everything that I ever wanted. I was willing to hang up the phone, not care about people. Sometimes when you need to be able to drink At God's fountain, other people have to tribulate on their own. And now I'm so thirsty. You never want to be at a place where your thirst goes away. You're dehydrated. Praying in the Spirit, it's rid of all dehydration. Verse 14, he says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. My spirit prays. And then lastly, number 10. Is that when you pray in the Spirit, you give God thanks very well. 1 Corinthians 14, verses Let's begin with verse number 16. And sometime I I pray, I mean, I don't think I'll ever be able to do it, but pastor can do it. But 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is speaking about two different things at the same time. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is not the gift of speaking in tongues. It is not. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you'll find that the Apostle Paul is speaking concerning two things simultaneously, and here you see that challenge. Take a look. He said, otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, since he doesn't understand what you say? For you indeed give thanks well. But the other person isn't edified. So if what someone does who is inside the church, they all of a sudden just decide to take off in tongues, what ends up happening is other people are just standing around saying, oh, that's that's just Pastor Liz. She's, that's the way she is. She just goes off. We leave her here. We pick her up about 2.30 in the morning. She'll be fine. She's okay. Don't worry about it. She says, yeah, you don't need to I don't even pay attention to her. She just falls out. Watch out. She'll just fall on you because of God's presence on her life. See, that, that's not what that whole thing is all about. That's when we come into the congregation. There needs to be order inside the congregation, but not such order to where what we have done is that we have actually organized the Holy Spirit out of our worship. We have figured a way to become so acceptable to the world and the world's not even in the church. And what we've done, we have allowed them to lie to us so long we can't even have a li- our own family party. But now we're at a place where it's not just the world we have a problem with, now the people inside the church have gotten so carnal. So I want to encourage you that what you will do is that you actually will take in between today and tomorrow what I want you to do. And whenever you're driving around, whenever you're by yourself, whenever you're kind of like having to go to pick up the kids at school, when you're on your lunch break, when you're actually sitting at your desk, you, the whole time you can actually be praying in the Spirit that whole time. You can actually pray in your Spirit and never say words. And so it needs to be, it needs to become a real habit. You fell out of the habit. It's a habit. Praying in the Spirit is a habit, friends. And it's something that all of a sudden you'll wake up one day and you'll go, Oh man, when did that happen? And all of a sudden, you start seeing yourself become a person you never believed that you could ever be. But you never thought you could ever do. Why do you think the Apostle Paul said, Oh, wretched man that I am, I'm miserable. I'm absolutely miserable. Why? Because I've spent my whole life with me and I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of it. I've lived with me forever. So tonight, my whole purpose of speaking with you was as an instructor. Tomorrow night, we'll have some demonstration. But tonight, it was only instruction. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I don't know. um, Pastor, we can make this MP3 available for everybody. That You can just have it. Because what I want you to do is I want you to focus on getting these things back into your life again. To start kicking some stuff out of your life that doesn't need to be there. You know, I get around you know one of the things that's almost become very nerving to me, I get around Christians and they don't even say grace anymore. Man, they're not thanking God for the bounty that he's given to them. They're not thanking God for the farmers who actually planted the seeds to bring forth this precious fruit of the earth. To us, that's what we thank God for. We're grateful, but man, people just think, "Oh man, well, I'm, man, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm just a Christian. Well, I'm a Christian, man. We don't, we don't have to do that." And you know, that's kind of like that's old school. Saying grace is old school, right? Oh. And see, what, what I'm telling you is that the, the slope that you and I are on is so slippery. You see. Why would deception be called deception if it wasn't so deceiving? Because it means, the word deception just means that you would fool someone so completely that they would never even know it. We have fooled ourselves so completely believing that what would happen would be is that if we gave up the presence of the Holy Ghost, if we gave up praying for people during a a service, if we gave up casting out devils, if we gave up laying hands on the sick, if we gave up praying for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if we gave that up inside the service, then what would happen would be is that the world would come into the church because you don't you know that Jesus said that the Father wants his house full? You see, if you're so spiritual that you don't know anybody that you can invite to church, you're too spiritual. You go, you get them. You catch them, we'll clean them. But the problem that we're having is is that ministers can't be fishermen as well as the people who do the cleaning of the fish. Because otherwise, what happens is we go out there and we make promises. People go out there and they promise people that Jesus has a wonderful plan for your life. They get saved. And when they get saved, all hell breaks loose. And when all hell breaks loose, they need a pastor to help them. Because, and these are they which are sown among thorn, well, on, by the wayside. We'll start there. It says, it's sown by the wayside, or they said where the word is sown, but when they've heard the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they which are sown on stony ground, such as hear the word and immediately receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves. And so they endure for a little while. It seems like for a little while they're doing okay, but all of a sudden, what happens? persecution, and affliction for the word's sake. So we're out there going, man, I know what this person's going to have to go through. I don't, wanna, I don't really want to invite him to church. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost more because you need to have the heart of God for other people. What would have, What would life have ever been if someone didn't care for you? If someone didn't come in that mental institution when I was there, what would have happened? What would have happened to Linda? We were married for a year and a half. And I went crazy. And if someone didn't come in that place for me, what would have ever happened to her? May God earth his heart inside of ours. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much that tonight that we dedicate ourselves to you. Say this, Father, I dedicate myself to you, my life, my family, and my time. I'm asking you, Father, Transform me inside, Holy Spirit. Work inside me. That you, whatever you want inside me. Take out what you haven't put there, and put in what you want there. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You no. Know, we have um. We have a mandate from God. We want to change the world. You're a world changer. You're to stand before kings, every one of you. It doesn't matter where you've come from. God has chosen you to actually represent him in the halls of the congresses and parliaments across the world. I've been there. I can tell you. Those people need you. They need you. I text one of my friends who's been traveling today. And I just text him, and he's been traveling for a month. And I text him, and I said, rest, my dear brother. The world needs you. You must rest. If you need anything, you need rest. May God help us. You know, one of the things that uh, I really appreciated something Pastor said is to someone uh, when he was going through a difficult time. You know, you go through divorces, you got problems, you got families fall apart. And people want to know, how do I make it from here? I mean, where do I go? How do I pick up from where I am? What do I do now? And I liked what he said. He said, I just told this fellow. I just told him. You need a soul. That sounds weird. Well, you know what? It's Not that weird. Really what it is is that you can only get inside your life that what you're willing to give. If you don't make any room for God, to make you greater than you are right now, you can never be. If anything, you must always desire to be a greater giver than you are right now. You must desire it. Every person I come in contact with, I want to give. I just want to give. Well, what do you want to give? I don't know, whatever they need. Sometimes people need a good word. Sometimes people need to be helped. Sometimes a person needs to be picked up. Sometimes a person needs to be given a meal. Sometimes a person needs a place to sleep. Sometimes a person just needs someone to listen. Sometimes a person needs just someone to understand. But for me, I need seed in the ground. I need that seed in there. And every seed produces after its own kind. If you need someone to love you, you need to start loving more people. If you need more money, you need to start giving more money. Whatever it is. Why? No matter what it is. Because why would I say that? Because God always does for you in multiplied form. Let me mention this part to you before we do that. Because I'm interested in faith for you. I cannot tell you that there was a time where there was this absolute huge financial miracle in our lives. But you know what? I don't even know how that Linda and I have been able to be as blessed as we are. Our son texted me this afternoon. He said, Daddy, said I just want to thank you. I just really want to thank you. thank you and Mom for actually, you know, you gave me that piece of property and we, we sold it. And he said, You know something? He said, Now I, I make an extra just, just on the small amount that I've taken out of it and just invested. He said, I, I make another $8,000 a month just off the investments. I just want to thank you, Dad. And I said, Son, you're very welcome. I said, It's just part of your inheritance. Inheritance. My parents left me their bills. do you know? God's got great things for your kids. God's got great things for your grandkids. He's got great things for the people that are around you. And he wants to use you to get there. How does he do it? He does it by teaching you how be able to sow inside the church. So let's bow our heads and pray as we ask God to help us. Father, thank you so much that tonight that we can bring our seed to you. Father, we offer this up to you as a sacrifice to you. We want to thank you, Father God, for for protection and for promotion. Oh, Father, thank you that my brothers and my sisters are protected. That my brothers and my sisters are promoted in everything they do. Take out of their lives the people that you don't want there. Put into their lives, Father, the people they've been waiting for forever. Thank you, Jesus, for multiplying our seed sown tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, as you know, there's different ways to give, but... You're making a check. You can make it out to Relevant Church, and uh, just uh, take it easy, guys. Just hold on. Excuse me, ushers, can you excuse me? Bring that back. Give me that bucket back. Now, oh. hi. What's your name? Junior. Hi. Awesome man. Awesome. I'm Junior. Here's the deal. Here's the deal about what we do. So you know, and this is really good because you'll figure this out. Did you ever have somebody come over while you're at a restaurant or like even at home with your wife? You were sitting there and you were eating and they just grabbed out your plate out from in front of you before you were ever done? Oh man, it happens all the time. So it's like you're, you're, you're just doing this and all of a sudden just, the plate's going in this direction because people just take it. Well, that's what happened sometimes in church. That's what happens in church, is that a lot of times people are really, really kind of deciding if they're going to sow or not sow. If they are going to sow, what amount they're going to and so we need to give people a little bit ushers, give them a little bit of time, because that giving, giving to God, is the most ceremonial and worshipful thing that a person could ever do. No matter what, you always stay away. From a person who is in the midst of worship. Because that worship is not to you. Worship is to them. People have needs. They think that as the church, what we do is we just kind of pick stuff up. Wait a minute, are you kidding me? I want to see each and every one of these people, no matter what they faced in their families, in their homes, in their finances. I want to see them be able to have a testimony that there was a day that that was over in their life and they could bring everything back to today. So we just want to make sure that people are always given an opportunity because as people are sitting even here right now, they're thinking. If we go through it too fast, what happens is all of the thought about it will leave and they'll think maybe next week. Nice to meet you. Thank you, pleasure, pleasure. Let me mention. Please, you can wait on the people. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, can I have one of those things that I I brought You got one here. Um, on here, you guys have uh, you guys have this, right? Don't you? But it's not in there. This one's gone. Huh? Oh, somebody's got it. It's okay. Okay, here, here the um, yes, ma'am. Yeah, please receive the offering. Thank you, thank you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, yeah, God, ushers, you can wait on the people. I thought I said that. The uh, yeah, sometimes you can get them started, and you can't get them stopped. And then other times, you. And so what? What I did was I brought something. I um, actually, a few. Oh yeah, that one is good. That one actually. There's nothing. There's nothing in here. Did you know that, Pastor? Somebody's got it. Oh, it's it's okay. Oh, we just used it. But anyway, that's good. But, but anyway, what this is, this is this program is called The Titan. I actually, what I did was I was in Australia in uh, December, and these things here have um, stuff on them. Do you have any more? Can you give me a little bit more on that? Is there any more? Do you have any more to that PowerPoint? Yeah, there we go. What's on this thing right here, is all of that stuff, personal development, relationships, career, finance, success, all this. Next slide, please. And so uh, the Total Life Makeover is on here just as well. Every area of a personal, uh, person's life that they want to deal with is, is on here. It's books, it's videos, it's me speaking. Uh, the next one, please. And on the Titan program because that's another program that's on here. There's videos, there's a workbook and, and assessments. And this is a, this is a coaching program, but all of this, all this is it actually, um, it's, it's an interesting thing, but invest in yourself. The, I, um, in, in Australia, in, December. These that you see here actually sold for $5,000 a piece. I had some sitting around and told my secretary, look, I'm going to take these with me. And what I'm going to do is I want to sell these for 79 bucks. And they sold for 5,000 two months ago. So it's the same information. All stuff is the same on here. And I only brought a few with me. And so if you're interested in that, please do that. Thank you for listening tonight. And so, uh, Pastor Chris, thanks so much. God bless you guys. We'll see you
1: tomorrow. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, listen, hey, why don't you stand up on your feet? I'll tell you what, just get in, get in here tomorrow. You know, yesterday was totally different. And then today, the teaching... You know what you, you know you know what doc's doing, it's setting an atmosphere. It's like plowing a field. You know, the, the Holy Spirit, you know, I said yesterday here's rivers and they're in a different stream. But tonight, take those notes, go over that and learn. See, you could talk about something, but when you live something, there's more weight behind it. There's capacity in what he said tonight to give you to give you access. Does that make sense? It'll give you access to things in the spirit because he's not just talking, he's talking you out of revelation. Does that make sense? So tonight there's, there, there's, there's availability of the anointing. Now some of you, get hungry while, while you're hearing it. See, when you develop something, when you've developed something already in your life spiritually, you could almost give it. But if you don't have it developed, you can't give it away. Remember like Jesus, he took the loaves and he fed the multitudes from what he had when you carry something as a habit as a lifestyle as see look there's nobody more consecrated to the things of god i'm just telling you you say what you want to say but i'm i'm telling i'm saying it so you could you could give what you have capacity of now you got to run with it but you got access tonight don't worry about who's here. Don't worry about who's coming. Tomorrow you come, you bring your friends, all that stuff. Look, get over all that. You got capacity to go greater. Now, you take those 10 days, you go back over them, and you get in the car and start praying in the Holy Ghost because there's weight in this room. People come and talk to you all day, every day. There's weight in the room. There's tangibility of what he said to manifest in your life. Does that make sense? So you go home, husbands wives, You go home in the car, don't critique. No, and you start building. Capacity. You'll have it's like it's like running with somebody that runs. You run further when you run with somebody that runs. You can't run. You can't run by. I went and did this five k. I said I don't even know how to start running. The guy I went with, he knew how to run. You know what I did? I just kept pace with him. By the time I was done, I ran. I, I was like, how in the world do we get done? So? I didn't set the pace. He set the pace but I can keep up with the guy that sets the pace as long as I stay near him. Today, you stood near something. You can run with it. And look, if, that, if those things are on the table by Sunday, I'm going to hurt somebody. <laughs> I'm being serious. That's $6,000 worth of stuff. Look, man, I'm going to tell you right now. Brother Hagen. I'm going to tell you one time. I'm your pastor. I'm, I'm demanding. Don't let that stuff leave the building. I remember Ken Hagen they had like, Get all the stuff, two grand. Somebody looked at me and said, oh, you're – I mean, if you could learn what the, he knows for – eight, that should be $8 million for the information on there. $80 to – it's not about the money. Hear me. Eight To learn what he knows and all you got to do is plug it in? You got to be crazy. You know what I'm saying? Somebody say, you're buying books. You know, people buy books. If you can invest two, years, two, two hours of of of, of listening to something for fifteen bucks for a book, there's books in there. There's video. You don't understand what I'm saying? Are you catching me? You're spending eighty dollars for eighty hours of wealth of knowledge. That's priceless. So don't let this. Don't even let it be here till Sunday, amen. You guys know what I'm doing. Come on, I'm getting you to another level. You can't get to another level unless you, you hear somebody who can take you there, amen. Praise the Lord. You doing it? You smiling? It's weighty in here. You know, the Holy Ghost, he does his thing the way he does his thing, you know. He's a person. And he's here. How many feel like praying in the spirit? Amen. We go home and go pray in the spirit. Lift your hands to heaven. Amen. And just thank the Lord. Just thank him because he's good. Seal the word of God. Believe what you heard tonight. Now you got practice what you got. Amen. As we manifest and stir up what it is that we have. And we receive, Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that we receive from heaven. And that word is sealed forever because of what we heard tonight, Lord, is going to take access in our heart. We're going to give first place to what we hear. Take heed to what you hear. The value you put on it is the value it comes back. I can't shake that. you got to value what you heard tonight like gold, diamonds, precious. And when you do, and you give yourself to it, God, you're going to manifest supernaturally what we heard in the realm of the Spirit. Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you for
0: listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.